Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So I am on a Zoom wonderful quarantine interview with Liz Elliott. Lieberman, and, and we get to hear more about her name not even being that name. We worked together in Hello Hollywood. Hello. I was only in there a year, but I know you were there much longer. Um, yeah. And as I start these so interviews, long. a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, the entire run. <laughs> yeah. I actually came back because I was doing another show in Reno, came back to see the show, and I'd been gone. I came back like, oh, it was amazing. It was still going. Wow, I know. And the people were still making it. It was like the first show every night. Um, but I'd love to start these out of like how dance even became a part of your life and what your journey to being a blue belt and beyond was like for you. Okay. Well, like all little girls of my era, I was born um, uh, ooh, in the 50s. And everybody, we all wanted to be Margot Fontaine, you know. My, and I just was had a lot of energy when I was uh, a little girl. And my mother loved dancing. She was a very, very good um, ballroom dancer. And it, it was a shame that she was never really afforded the ability to go to ballet school as I was, because she had beautiful feet. I got my father's feet, but anyway, <laughs> which were flat. And um, uh, she was, but she had an innate sense of musicality and she was really good. And so she, wherever, my father was moved around quite a, a little bit with the company he worked for. But wherever we went, the first thing she did before finding a school was finding a ballet school to send her little darling off to. And I, I loved it. I mean, I just, it was, the, my Saturday mornings were heaven, you know. So I, um, I just loved it all my life. And uh, growing up, I just wanted to dance and be a ballet dancer, really. Um, and of course, television would show Margot Fontaine and I'd be like, ooh. I want to be her. Now, my father, on the other hand, was not terribly, in, he didn't mind me going for ballet, but, you know, he really wanted me to go to university. Uh, as time came, oh, I back up a little bit because I did have a, an interlude when I was about 10. I, my eye, this happens to a lot of kids, my eye turned in and I was cross-eyed. I was a really gorgeous child. <laughs> anyway, so I had to wear a patch to school, so, you know, lots of bullying went on. When I was 11, at the 11 plus time, which is quite important for a child uh, academically, in those days you had to take your 11 plus and it, 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 it depended whether you went to grammar school or, you know, secondary school for the dimwits. But anyway, I shouldn't really say that, but um, I had to have eye surgery. Long story short, I missed a lot of schooling that year at, at a really crucial time. Uh, and so my parents said, okay, well, you know, and I said, oh, well, can't I go to ballet school? You know, and they said, no, you're going. So they, they scrimped and saved and they sent me to a private school, bless their hearts. But that enabled me to eventually get a, a scholarship because I did manage to get my uh, scholastic uh, and academic uh, exam. Like I got enough that I could qualify for a scholarship. And I lived in a county rather like a state in, in, in the, the US. And they were very good, Hertfordshire County Council, 
loved, they were very strong on the arts. So I got a scholarship to arts educational school because by then the Royal Ballet had uh, gone to the school and unlike Leslie who had a flawless, great technique, I was not very good. I really wasn't. I was in my head, but, but, but I wasn't actually really very good. But I, I, I guess, um, you know, they said you've got to work harder and you have to uh, maybe try for arts educational school, which will give you more of a, of a, a rounded theatrical training, which they did. And people like Jane Seymour and Juliet Prowse, Gillian Rochoe, you know, a lot of us went to the arts educational schools they have very high standards. And I, um, I really slogged away. And I think it's important for young people to know that it's not easy. You know, maybe you can learn to hip hop, but you really can't learn to dance without that classical training. That it's the basis, it really is. I mean, and I went back to it years later in Hello Hollywood, you know, went to ballet class with Maggie Banks as a lot of yeah. us did. And you realize, that it enables you to, uh, well, I danced till I was 42 as a principal, which is quite late, really. Uh, I didn't do, I, I look at the hip hop kids and they're fantastic, but I often think, God, you know, they're gonna have terrible problems by the time they're 30. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> so sorry, oh, well, more about me. So anyway, I, uh, I got this one, I loved this school so much. I just loved it, I had great teachers and, um, I, we did, uh, they were very good in helping us get our equity card to work in the West End of London, same on Broadway, you have to be, have an equity card. And in order to get that, you had to do all these weeks uh, in, the, in the provinces, we called it. So pantomimes and summer season, which are like summer stock and, and traditional Christmas shows, which usually run a month to six weeks in England. And they're hugely popular. They are, um, they're written primarily for children, but there's always double entendres. There's always another level of political and um, satirical script for the adults. So they can go, uh oh, you know, the children may think one thing, the adults realize that it's a little more interesting. So we did, um, I, I did quite a few pantomimes and I started to work out my, work up my weeks which you had to get 40 weeks work professional, professional uh, jobs before you could qualify for your equity card in those days. And um, anyway, my teacher, this marvelous jazz teacher, Ivor Megiddo, a lot of the arts ed people, he just passed away recently, but he was, he'd come to London in West Side Story in 57 and loved it, stayed, taught. And he said, it's time that you went out and did some auditions. Uh, you know, and I go, oh, you know, I didn't want to leave. I loved the school. I've had all these fabulous teachers and I was like, oh, I like it here. And I was getting money to go, you know. But anyway, they sent me off for an audition at the Talk of the Town, famous dinner theatre, uh, where we did the show, at, I think at 9.30, and then the star like Shirley Bassey, Tom Jones would come on at 11. Um, and I got the job and I didn't have my equity card. So they said, well, you can't work here without an equity card. So I went hurtling down to the equity offices and they said, yes, we'll give you your card. What is your name? And I go, my name is Margaret Webb. And they go, you can't have that name. You have to change it. So I said, well, I'm Elizabeth Webb. They go, no, you can't have that because they don't allow people with the same name in equity. 
So I looked across the road and there's a shoe shop called Elliot Shoes. And I went, well, how about Elizabeth Elliot? So they go, and they look, they go, we don't have one of those. Okay, you can be that. <laughs> so that's how my name came around. And I went hurtling back to the, sign my contract at the talk. And I, um, and I was as green as I don't know what. You know, I did the audition in my pink tights and my Royal, uh, Royal Academy of Dance outfit. And the choreographer was like, well, she's got some possibilities. But he said to me, you've got to learn to get sexy. <laughs> I remember him saying that. <laughs> oh, anyway, so the first year we did a year's contract and then they renewed the show. Uh, and I looked at the principal dancer and I thought, oh, I can do that. So I went marching off to the producer's office, Robert Nesbitt, and said, I'd like to be the understudy. So <laughs> Said, oh well they call the choreographer the choreographer said oh god all right give her a shot so so the whole year went by and, and I rehearsed every week with with the understudy partner came to the time that the principal was off uh, she was off only because her partner was out sick and I had never rehearsed with the understudy boy so oh my god somehow or other I got through it I remember I had one really fast change I remember this story and, and, and it was towards the end and I had one of those big chignon pins and I was all in a panic to get out there and I went boom on my head to put it in my hat. Went out on stage, I thought, God, I'm sweating. What was blood pouring down? Oh. <laughs> the boy dancers were like, oh my God, what's that? Anyway, I got through it and the next year they offered me principal. And, and it was a learning experience. At the same time, I was doing classes with people like Matt Maddox in London, who was yes. brilliant, and um, doing ballet class at the Dance Centre in uh, Covent Garden, and auditioning for TV shows. I, I, I was just, just a little bit tall for a lot of the shows at the time. Uh, but I did manage to do, I got to do some famous people at the time, variety shows were still using dancers in those days. Um, and then, oh, I got a letter one day. Oh, actually, uh, I got a phone call from Benny Hill, who said, oh, I think you're really sexy. You want to come on my side? I learned something at the talk of the town. Uh, <laughs> but I signed my contract. Bluebell had been in and said, oh, I've got a show going to Hong Kong. I thought, oh, because I'd been, I'd been in London then until 74. And it was getting really hard. I was doing, I was doubling. In other words, I was doing talk of the town and then working at Churchill's nightclub. We did, I did three shows a night, six nights a week. Three different shows? Three different, different places. Shows. Yeah, we did oh. a show at 9.30, 11 and 1. I mean, I, you know, it was, and then I'd get up after a few hours sleep and go and audition for TV stuff. But I was young, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's very different then. I know. So it was really hard. So I was, I when Bluebell said, would you like to go to Hong Kong? I've got this lovely show going out there and I need a principal. So I thought, oh, that sounds good, Hong Kong. It was still a British Crown colony in those days. And um, we were in a beautiful hotel, the Excelsior. And I got on the plane and met Leslie Bandy there. And my, oh, well, the Australian crew was um, uh, Linda Ennis, Michael Coulson, Glenn, Murray, uh, it was quite a few. So anyway, we all met in Hong Kong and we did this beautiful show, uh, the Scala show, that Antonio Reba came over from Barcelona and 
I actually did the part that Mandy Coulson had originally done in Spain. Um, and I loved it. And then they, they did, uh, oh golly, we, I think we did three more shows out there. And, uh, and then it closed. And Bluebell at that time invited Leslie and myself because she liked us on stage together because we were sort of different opposites. And she said, I have a, I'm, Don Arden is going to do the new show at the Casino du Liban in Beirut. And we'd heard marvelous things about this place, you know, the Paris of the Middle East. But then, unfortunately, the war broke out there, the Civil War. So um, Bluebell said, well, I don't think that's a good idea, but I have another show going. MGM is going to build a sister hotel in Reno, so uh, to the Vegas one. So they said Don, was, Don is going to direct it. And he, he hired, I don't know if he'd seen Leslie, but he hired me sight unseen on her word. Thank you, Miss Bluebell. You know, yeah. Oh God, you know what she did? She said, oh, we did a can-can in the, uh, one of the shows there. And I, in those days I could do a cartwheel and the jump split. And that was the extent of my tricks. And she said to Don, <laughs> I could have killed her for this. She said, oh, this is a very good can-can dance. Well, he in his head imagined somebody doing, you know, walkovers and right. And so one day in rehearsals, he goes, Liz, I've heard you're a wonderful can-can dancer. I went, what? <laughs> so I, I did my party. I kicked my legs up and down, did a cartwheel and the jump splits. And he goes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You know, so anyway, that uh, was that. But um, he gave me, he, he called me up to the desk one day and he said, well, he goes, what did he say? How did he put it? He always had a way of giving you a compliment, but at the same time telling you that you really weren't that good. He said, well, I like you, because you're not very good, but I'm gonna make you, you know, the principal. Uh, well, I was the principal, but and th at that time he was designating, they'd always decided Leslie would do the classical uh, in the opening and, you know, the classical part. And then they said, I can't remember who else is, well, the other principals, he, he, he gave all of us, you know, very special parts. And I had the staircase, and night and day and stuff. Yes. <laughs> It was really wonderful. And I love rehearsing. I always loved rehearsing. I love the um, creative part of uh, building a show. And, you know, I mean, he was a bit difficult. He was, he scared people like crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that we were, uh, I, I was terrified. I mean, I remember when he comes to see the show, I remember hands, I was trying to put on my lipstick. You know, my hand was shaking so much, I couldn't get my lipstick on. You know, and our teeth, our mouth would dry out and our teeth would get stuck to our <laughs> lips. Oh, I mean, all the, the Don Arden stories are, uh, are incredible. But uh, he was very good to me. And, uh, you know, I was there. I did, golly, Hello Hollywood, the entire run from, from the day it opened to the day it closed. Oh. And of course, in the meantime, dear Maggie Banks, you know, Leslie said to me, she goes, I met this woman, Maggie, and she's got a dance school and she's going to do Nutcracker. And I went, oh, my God. Well, I hadn't been in point shoes for, how was uh, a good 10 years, maybe 15. I haven't put point shoes on. So I thought, oh, it'd be good to go back to class and, you know, get stronger and stuff. Because doing the same show every night, you really, uh, your body adjusts. And you don't really improve. So I thought, well, I've got to 
Oh, and by that time, I'd taken over Jilly's uh, part uh, in Padasis. And uh, so I thought, better, better, you know, get better. Because that was always in the back of my mind that I was not very good technically. So I had to believe in myself a little bit and work harder. That was always the thing. So I know, it, I know everyone said, oh, I remember this. She was always practicing with Mitch in the corner. You know, so uh, that was, uh, it was, you know, I think you've got to continue learning all the time. I would never have known that you about the because I just thought you were a beautiful technician but you also had that extra I mean maybe it was maybe you could hide yeah. some of it I feel like there's people like you could just stand on stage and people would think you were the most amazing dancer and you didn't even have to dance of well, your presence well. like, Elegance, but I mean, you were, I mean, you were in Knob Hill, and that definitely was technical. Yeah, I didn't do that originally, I did the can-can, but um, then I took over from Elaine, I think she left, and, and um, I, I loved doing that, you know, although it was kind of strange, you know, he had us in little heels, you know, and I often wondered why Don did that, but it was really the boy that was the star of that, that uh, part of Knob Hill. And Rodney, the original boy, was absolutely lovely. He was so good. That Leslie's partner and JP, John Paul. I mean, Greg. You know, we had we. That was. The, I always thought Jilly was really great at the um, the boys, principal boys that she chose, and because they were just so strong and manly. You know, I mean, they were really good principal boys. And, um, you know, we could, it enabled uh, us to do other things, you know, like, uh, I love that company. And I think it was so unique because we were all like, you're that old, oh, we're just one big family. Well, we were because really we were the big hot show in town. And so, and the people who stayed on have really, Beth McMillan, I mean, they've all done these marvelous things, uh, Diane Guest, you know, they've all done wonderful uh, things for the, for the city of Reno. They've, they've carried on the arts there. And um, it's a lovely little town. I personally, after Hello Hollywood closed, I worked um, six months for Frederick Apcar at Harrah's, did Zing, and I mm -hmm. always always but always wanted to work for Ron Lewis you know he was the most yeah. brilliant <laughs> love his style so I thought oh great finally well he and Ronnie and Frederick I all had a big falling out and so he didn't actually do that show but it was it was a learning experience I was going through my divorce at that time so I was generally not happy <laughs> but then um okay so here's what was going to happen after that hello Hollywood had closed my life has sort of gone into a bit of a spiral, uh, one of those, you know, life moments. And so I went home that Christmas and my parents said, look, you know, if you come back, we will we'll help you open a dance school. Well, I know in England, you cannot just open a dance school. You have to go back to your RAD. I had my Imperial Society of Teachers of Dancing certifications and all that, but I still really didn't want to teach. And then over that holiday, I got a call from Fluff, Laco, and she said, I'm losing a principal, I need another one, and would you be interested to come in for six months? Well, by this time I was 40, so I was like, I've never worked in Vegas, 
And that was a beautiful show. And Leslie was there. So I thought, oh, it'd be really nice to finish out my career there. So I said, yes, I would go back for six months. Went to Vegas and uh, got into the show. And I enjoyed it. I didn't think, oh, to Hello Hollywood, I never, you know, where I had dance parts, you know, I, my roles were done for me, which was so amazing. But I really, really enjoyed Jubilee. It was a challenge. It was different. It, it's not, it wasn't so much a dancer's show as Hello Hollywood was, but I loved, I understudied Delilah, which was great fun, and the drunk in the Titanic scene. So there was a lot of different things to do. And then um, Adrian, in, in those days, was our darling Adrian, was, had retired from Hello Hollywood. He had been offered the assisting, uh, assistant part to Fluff. So he was there, but then he got offered uh, Orlando um, for Universal. He got offered a great position there with Skip Sherman. Who so he so Adrian left, and there was an opening after I'd done two years with Fluff, and I mean with Jubilee. And Fluff said, "Look, I need an assistant. Would you be interested?" And um, I think James and Richard had a little bit to do with it because they knew how much I loved dancing and the shows and everything. Uh, and oh my God, what a, a training I had with her as a company manager. She was, she ran it with an iron fist because in those days, I think at that time, Don was sort of not really uh, invited because of his naughty behavior out in the audience. <laughs> you always remember Don screaming, you know, eh, because he'd come to see the show and he loved us. The first show, he absolutely loved everyone. He'd be blowing kisses from the audience. And then he'd have a few drinks and the second show, he'd start finding things he didn't love. So as soon as the curtain came down, everybody just flung on their clothes and ran because he would come backstage. And if he found you, you know, you'd get a lecture or tear into you or something. I remember one time he came in, Leslie and I hadn't quite made it out of the dressing room. He said, well, I'm doing a new show in Vegas and I won't be needing you lot. Oh, uh, you know, we were like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as we know, what happened uh, in, in Hello Hollywood, towards the end to uh, the management said, well, let's put in a name, you know, like Carol Channing, uh, the Maguire sisters, Jim, Neighbours, um, Suzanne Summers. They put them in as like a headliner around and we were around them. So it, it, it actually saved the show for a few years by doing that. And it was great fun to get to know these, you know, uh, legends, really. I mean, Carol Channing. Yeah. Uh, she was great. You were doing great. Hello Hollywood for that whole run. Did you, yeah. ever, did you ever have injuries or were you ever out? Or um, did your body survive that many yeah. years? Yeah, well, I, th I, I really think that going back to ballet class really helped strengthen yeah. me. Um, uh, and doing the adagio in the part of cease number, you know, you had to maintain. Uh, and, and, it, and it wasn't, I did get injured, but not to the point that, you know, like a chronic injury. I mean, I really didn't get badly injured. I hurt my hamstrings, my Achilles, you know, from wearing heels. But going to ballet class, I think, saved me for a few more years, you know, it's to keep... Getting... 
Yeah, it's the best thing. You know, it, it strengthens you, your placement. I mean, I I had some horrible habits, you know, and, and the uh, sway back, which, of course, you do as a showgirl. You lift, you know, and you, so you tend to um, poke out your ribs and sway your back and do a lot of things that are not really correct. Of course, they look pretty, but, okay. yeah. Um, so I think going back to class and Maggie and everything really did uh, help my... I could sustain uh, performing for a few more years. Um, I didn't really, I don't remember getting any, I remember, oh, I only remember one thing. We, when the show opened, we worked, the principals didn't have a day off because Jilly uh, or whoever the company, uh, at the time the company manager said, we can't have any days off, which in Paris, of course, they were quite used to that. They, the girls worked all the time in those days. Um, and, and we were like, what? We have to have days off. So he said, well, it's going to be six weeks before I can get the understudies organized. So we, we understudied one another. I understudied uh, Leslie Smoke and uh, uh, certain people did the staircase. I would go into staircase and somebody else would do, I know, so I would went and go into smoke and somebody else would go into you know, uh, night and day and staircase in the opening. We understudied one another and we also had girls from the, from the uh, different groups, tall nudes or bluebells, depending on whether they would go topless because that was an issue too. Uh, and I did totally respect Fluff because, and Julie, but they, they didn't want boob jobs. Not, they wanted a very natural, pretty, small boobs, which was really lovely, I think, in retrospect, you know, and seeing girls with big fake boobs. I mean, Fluff was like, there's no way that's on my stage, you know. So <laughs> it was tough. Was that an issue for you at all when you auditioned or was, because I feel like Americans no, are very No, different. I'd never, yeah, I'd never worked uh, topless uh, until then. And, and it was a bit nerve wracking. But I remember Leslie, because she had been uh, at the Lido and she said, oh, it's wonderful. The freedom is you just don't even think about it. And um, we were doing parties in, in rehearsals. And then one day, the three of us said, okay, let's take our bras off. So, I, so we went out in rehearsals and did parties um, topless. And Don applauded, you know, and, and that was that. But it, it uh, you know, you had so many beautiful things on jewelry and, and, and if you were like part of this, we only really had the G-string on and a little cape thing. But the music was so beautiful and, um, you know, the whole thing was done so tastefully. It wasn't like bump and grind, you know, it was so beautiful. And it's hard to explain that to yeah. people. They always <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember, um, because in, in England, if you're, say, I'm a dancer, they immediately say, oh, you know, but at least in Europe and in England, when I came here, people kind of thought you were a stripper. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, so there was a, a different mindset about, about it. Um, but Don, it was done so tastefully and so beautifully. I mean, you know, it's hard to explain to people. They have yeah. to I mean, my, like my uncle and my father came, they didn't even notice, really, until maybe, maybe, maybe they went, oh, they didn't have a, you know, but it wasn't <laughs> like, ah, uh, you know, it, it, it was just lovely, beautifully done.
Um, we were close to time. And I, if you, I love you already given such great pearls of wisdom, I think for <laughs> coming up, like how, like if you, you don't have the natural facility, like how much heart and hard work, because there's people that have everything perfect in their body to be a professional yeah. ballerina, but maybe that's not what they want to do. And there's yeah, people that yeah, you have to really, I think you have to want it as much as, um, I, I remember seeing an interview with Darcy Bussell, uh, who, ex principal uh, with the Royal Ballet and she was quite tall she's about 5'8 which is quite tall for a ballet dancer and she had a struggle too you know I mean she was tall and lanky and uh, and she ended up because she wanted it so badly and I think uh, like Leslie you have I mean Leslie has very strong technique but she also was a very good actress and, yeah. and I think that, that you know, the great actress ballerinas. Fontaine was, I mean, she was not very good when you, not compared to today's incredible technical standards, but boy, oh boy, she could act a role. And that was, uh, plus she could get through a lot of, uh, you know, the choreography very well, but she could transcend. And I think that audiences, really can see, I'm trying to think of that, Darcy Bussell was one, but Lynn Seymour, she was a Canadian, great Canadian ballerina in England during my day. In fact, Romeo and Juliet, Macmillan's Romeo and Juliet was done with her in mind. And, um, oh God, when I saw her, I was, the, the audience, I mean, you could just hear a pin drop. You really lived the part of Juliet with her, you know, and, uh, Oh, I, it's just amazing to see to see people on stage uh, that that just are the part, and I think that every audience is different. And I remember Sammy Davis saying to me, "Oh my God, what you do is so hard. The same show every night, night in." And and he said he was doing Sweet Charity in London, and he said it drove him. Was it Sweet Charity? Well, it was something that he was doing nightly. And he said, oh, he said it was horrible. He said, I, I had the worst time because he just wanted to break out, you know, but having that strict discipline, but finding new new ways of performing things. Uh, every well, show is different. If you're doing that show every night, like it could get where you you can just yeah. check it, but there ha you have to have that way to make it new. Yeah, you do. That's why Maggie helped a lot for Leslie and I because of the ballets. Uh, and I did a couple of other acting things, you know, and, and it was it was wonderful that we were allowed to do that. I mean, it was, you know. And then in Jubilee, uh, I didn't really get involved in anything else because Fluffy was teaching me how to be a company manager. And then, just as a footnote to that, after I left there, I went to FX at MGM as the company manager for eight years. And that was quite different. It wasn't, um, you know, it was, effects was um, really a step at musical theater. And we had David Cassidy was in it. Michael Crawford we opened with for two years. Then David Cassidy took over and then Tommy Tune for two years. And I just loved the watching these marvelous talents, watching them work, different ways they approached uh, everything 
but with great professionalism and talent. And, you know, it was fantastic. Absolutely. And now, <laughs> oh, and then I went on. When I left uh, MGM, I did um, uh, a couple of company managing jobs in Vegas. And then I started doing little productions of my own. A woman called me one day out of the blue and said, Liz, I have a group of senior women all over 50 that love to dance. Will you come and teach? So I'd go, I'd go down. And, and the whole thing just blossomed into this um, little dance company of senior women. And we did lots of shows around town before. Uh, and I, in the meantime, I'd met my lovely husband and, and he helped me a great deal. And uh, he's, bye, Bob, he's leaving. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I managed to keep do, dancing. And now we have retired to Florida and I really want to try to, to do that again. And in the meantime, also write some of my stories down. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like those stories are so important and it's fun for yeah. us to share lived it. But I think for the, I've interviewed a few younger uh, dancers at the Lido de Paris who are just starting their oh. career and they are loving hearing like what happens oh. here. Cause you feel like if I'm not dancing, but I love that you stayed connected through management, teaching. I feel like a lot of us found a way to keep dance in us. And, and uh, it's really great here. Like you, you can use your mind and dance. You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. I know. And when you, um, you know, you'll find, it's funny because whenever I was at a low point in my life, several times I was struggling with uh, different challenges I if I went back to I remember at effects I was really having a rough time I mean it was hard we had a lot of injuries in that show it was really difficult show actually um and quite dangerous but I went oh why don't I teach a warm-up and and the, co the company was so um supportive so I would do like a 15-20 minute warm-up with them at night and they loved it and they came every night and did their little ballet bar with me and that kind of just calmed me down for the evening ahead you know so it was really good to always <laughs> have that and even now you know I look at ballets and cry when I'm going to close with this one because I think hearing your story about being cross-eyed and <laughs> every every interview people were like I was too tall I was too lanky I was too you yeah. know my and then when we went to the reunion I, I told you like I was such a fan that when I got a picture with you and Leslie I felt yeah. like I was in junior high but when I trying to find the Lido like on my little app and came around the corner and all these tall beautiful women oh. were standing outside and I and it felt like these were, and one girl called herself a baby giraffe. Like she always felt so gangly and out of place, but to yeah. see everybody together, like that awkward stage probably made um, that ability to own beauty in a different yeah. way. Celebrated for being tall and not like you're too tall, go in the back or you get to part of the Yeah, it's, go in the back. Yep. Yeah. I remember. Remember. Yeah. Oh, it's, but, uh, it's yeah. Funny. <laughs> the story that like you could have given up because you were too lanky or with your eye it just feels like out of that I feel like when you own your beauty because it, you weren't always appreciated that way it's kind of a beautiful redemption of like 
we love your tall legs. <laughs> and they're yeah, you know, I remember th there was one lovely, I, I know I was at school with, J her name was not Jane Seymour at school, but she was very sweet and she got injured quite badly in the ballet thing. And she said, Liz, I'm going, well, Margaret in those days, she said, I'm going to go over to the drama course because my knee is shot. And what a great, I mean, making lemonade out of a lemon, you know, she goes, I just can't dance anymore. And she was lovely. She came to see me. Oh, God, when we were at school, one quick story. Um, I was chosen to be Desdemona in Othello, but it was a ballet version that the um, uh, jazz choreographer put together with beautiful music, you know, and it was quite avant-garde because... <laughs> You know, I had this black Othello and, and uh, my parents came and they must have gone, oh my God, because that, he's raping me and killing me on stage and this whole dramatic thing. And she came up to me afterwards, uh, Joyce, her name was Joyce back then. And she goes, that was really good. <laughs> and she came to see me at the Talk of the Town. She just had done, um, I think she'd just done a solitaire. And she, she actually, she had a couple of, TV things in, in uh, England, uh, you need in line, and she did a couple of other things before she did her solitaire part in the, as a Bond girl, and then her career just, of course, took off. <laughs> but, she, but she was beautiful, and she, you know, she was beautiful and talented, you know, <laughs> whereas you know, I was like behind her in ballet class going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody has their so great, Liz, great days. Wonderful, wonderful to reconnect with you. Yeah, and my you hope there's another reunion that oh, I uh, hope so. I'll tell, tell more stories. I feel like having those three days of it still wasn't enough to connect with everybody. Yeah. But I um, think Lindsay probably will do one in another few years. And um, yeah, it was it was the weekend that we moved here to Florida was the Hello Hollywood reunion. So it, I couldn't make that, but. Um, you know, it's, uh, I had actually been back to Reno several times. I uh, became uh, an agent and I worked with a, a, an ice skating producer and, and uh, I took a couple of shows to the El Dorado um, for their Christmas, you know, season. Uh, what do they do? The Holiday Ice Spectacular, which I was the agent for. And um, because they were great to me, the El Dorado was uh, really very good to me, you know, so even though I never worked there, they, they remembered me and they said, oh, so took a couple of shows. That was fun. I hope you write a book because you yeah. have stories for us to do an eight hour interview, but we, we, we won't, we maybe we'll have to do part two, but I really <laughs> hope you write, write your, write a book because yeah. um, very unique. And one. So I will bid you adieu and uh, stay lovely well. to connect. Yes, yeah, thank you, Sherry. It was great. I enjoyed it. And now I've got to go to the hip doctor. Yes. <laughs> Woo. So just so that your hips made it until forty-two as a dancer. Yeah, you pretty did. good. Careful with those. Hips. <laughs> All right, Sherry. Thank you. I'll be in touch. Take yeah. care. Look Take after care. yourself. Bye. You too.